do you ever, ever think of like the alternate life that you'd be living had John Wick not happened and you went back to second well, unit? I, I would stunts? think I'd either be a fairly mediocre action director or, or super criminal. Oh, and this is the biggest fuck you yeah, shot in the movie. <laughs> this is just fuck everybody else out there. I shot in the Louvre, you didn't. Keanu I've been trying to kill off John Wick since the second one. We just figured there's no way out for this guy. And then you like, it hit me from behind the monitor. Like, oh, fuck. That's the end of 10 years of my life. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Josh Horowitz here with a quick note before we dive into this episode of Happy, Sad, Confused. You are about to hear a special watch-along episode of Happy, Sad, Confused. What does that mean? Well, you're going to hear the highlights of a full-on watch-along of me alongside director Chad Stahelski watching John Wick Chapter 4. So you're going to hear a ton of great stuff in this, 45 minutes to an hour of the best bits of us watching this great action movie. But if you want the entire thing... Yeah, I'm talking the entire thing, nearly three hours worth of me and Chad watching John Wick Chapter 4. Go to patreon.com slash happy confused. It's available exclusively there for you hardcore John Wick fans. That's what to do. But in the meantime, if you just want the best bits, enjoy this episode with me and Chad Stahelski. Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, Sad, Confused begins now. I'm Josh Horowitz, and this is a happy, sad, confused watch-along. What are we watching? It's the film that proved to me, spoiler alert, Keanu Reeves may be immortal, but John Wick is not. It's the movie that reminded me I never want to climb another flight of stairs. We're watching John Wick Chapter 4 with the one and only Mr. Chad Stahelski. Thank you. You ready to do this, Chad? I am. Thanks for having us. Is this going to be pleasurable or painful to watch this again? No, I, I, you know, I could watch Keanu all day. So I, I think Keanu does a great job. And I don't know, it's always fun to see your mistakes. We're going to talk feel the <laughs> angst. We're going to talk about the mistakes, but more importantly, <clears throat> we're going to talk about the triumphs of this great movie. How important is a first shot in a film starting um, with that? Well, we, we wanted to start it like something that woke everybody up and reintroduce them to the John Wick world because it's been like three years. And uh, I'm a pretty big... Uh, martial art practitioner and I'm big into martial arts so like we thought that the the really traditional makawari hitting the 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 uh, the board was a cool to do as Lawrence Fishburne starts quoting Dante and going into Dante's Inferno here and we wanted to build this hobo world so you see all these symbols throughout the movie on the side of the Bowery King and yeah. that's actually an old hobo symbol from the, the early 1900s that meant safe house or safe haven and this is my <laughs> I had pretty big balls to rip off the shot from Lawrence of Arabia. Arabia. <laughs> I've got to <laughs> say, come on, Chad. And that is an actual sunrise <laughs> in the Jordanian desert outside of Aqaba and the Wadi Rum. So that's not digital. I'm very proud of that, that we actually, <laughs> the King of Jordan lent us a uh, helicopter to go out in the middle of, of the desert to get this sun, sunrise shot. How much does Keanu, in a scene like this, regret the wardrobe of John Wick of wearing a full <laughs> black suit? In the Funny desert? enough, it gets really hot there, but it gets really, really cold. So when you show up, it's below zero. So then it kind of warms back up. And, you know, it, we were there in the winter time, so it only got up to about 85. Oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Those are two of the 380 words that Keanu says in this movie. <laughs> that's, that's funny. People, I, when I was doing the press tour, I would get hit with that. Like, you know, he only speaks 200 words. I was like, really? That many? Um, but like, there's something Keanu and I, I mean, we, we decidedly wanted to do like the man with no name right. thing from all the Leone and the, the Eastwood stuff. And uh, Keanu's such a big screen actor, a, a little eyebrow raise means quite a bit. And I think he has at least two dozen different ways to say, whoa, I was going to say, there's no actor that can do more with a whoa or a yeah, yeah. than Keanu. I think we own the yeahs. <laughs> Bill and Ted may have the woes. Right. This quote. Correct me if I'm wrong. How you do anything is how you do everything. Ripped off from your your your, your friends, the Wachowskis. Uh, it, it's part Wachowski and it's part my dad. Is that my right? Dad, no. My dad kind of that was drilled into us. Like you got to do everything right, buddy. If you can't tie your shoes, you're gonna have a rough day. If you don't make your bed, <laughs> the day's not gonna go. <laughs> it's not gonna go up from there. So do everything good. And my dad kind of modified that by do everything right. And then, you know, um, Lily and. Um, Lana Wachowski, when I was working with them, like they, they literally live by that. That is a mantra we heard every day on the Matrix trilogies of like you, everything, yeah. everything counts. There is no detail too small. In fact, that's the genius and that's the beauty of filmmaking is the detail. We should mention because he's he's not in the film much more, but the great Lance Reddick, who we, we lost uh, right yeah, around the Yeah, no, and, and it's, it's, we were, 
for people that don't know, we had finished the film. We 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 were on the press tour. We were a, I think it, Lance passed unfortunately on a Friday morning, and we opened. Well, the the LA premiere was on that Monday. We were in Toronto, and we got the phone call when we landed about how from Derek Holstead, who had written and created the whole franchise. Um, and you know it was a weird situation because and Lance and I had many we had just seen each other in LA, but we had. We had written the script that the character does does die in 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 the scene coming up here, and that's a that's a very strange topic when you, you have to go watch the movie the night that that happened. Um, yeah. But Joe Drake, the headlines get gave her a really nice, uh, I guess tribute talk to him, and then Keanu and I both gave a little talk to the Toronto festival, and then when we were in L.A., the, the press and everybody was really supportive, so that was um, good. I. You know, I, you know, you just hope that you, you know, because you were the last one, you hope that you did, you, you did the man proud and, you know. All hail Donnie, Donnie. Young. And that was, I mean, come on, like the, when we started talking about it, we're like, what are the chances of actually getting Donnie? We're like, well, he's really busy guy. Like Donnie is a workaholic <clears throat> in Hong Kong and China. Like he's, he's directing, he's producing, he's writing, he's acting. And then when we went in negotiations, we had a window because we kept getting pushed and pushed with COVID and it ended up working. And when you realize you're going to be directing Donnie Yen, you get to choreograph for time. It's pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is he like on set? I mean, he, he knows this stuff like the he, back of his hand. He must bring so the much funny to the thing table. Is, Donnie was not what I was expecting. You know, you, you expect the professional. Donnie is a filmophile. Like you wouldn't believe like knows every American movie, Korean movie. Like he loves movies loves for Donnie one of the most I think he's one of the most generous hosts of it like you go to dinner with Donnie he is taking you out for an amazing dinner he knows everything about the food he know like he loves dinner and movies man you put the two together it is going to be a great evening is there a location that's eluded you you I mean you cover a bunch of the iconic spots in this one obviously I, I think I, I really wanted the Pantheon <laughs> I really wanted like Napoleon's tomb and all that and yeah they, uh, they yeah. <laughs> and I really wanted Notre Dame. I really wanted it. St. Eustache turned out to be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Great Gothic church. But it was originally written to be Notre Dame. But it was still under construction. And I said that was cool, but they didn't. They weren't biting. <laughs> we're okay with it. Well, yeah, I said I'm absolutely fine with it. <laughs> but, and, and we're like the, the, the uh, people in charge of St. Eustache did a fantastic, like they let us do, we, they, we brought in, you know, over a thousand candles and lit the scene that when they were pretty cool with it. So this father-daughter mm -hmm. pairing, where did, uh, where did that come well, from? Well, Hiroyuki Sonata, I've known forever and I've always wanted to work with. He was actually originally gonna be zero in John Wick 3, but he blew out his Achilles tendon so he couldn't do the part. That's how we got Mark Dacascus. Rina Samayama, I was looking for the part of Akira. I couldn't quite find somebody that fit what I was thinking in my mind through casting. So one night I was in Berlin, I, I looked at some random music videos looking for dancers or something like that. And I saw a bunch of Rena's videos and I had not heard a single song of hers. And for the next three days, I went down the rabbit hole. Finally, by Thursday, I decided like, I don't know why, but I just, this is, this is the anime girl in my head. Called her up. She happened to be in London and I said, hi, I'm the director of John Wick. She's like, oh, I like those movies. I'm like, good. Would you like to be in one? And she kind of went, oh, I don't. No, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't act. I'm like, sure you do. Um, so I, I convinced her to fly to Berlin. She met Ken and I and the stunt team. And within an hour, everybody came back to me and said, no, we got to hire this girl. And she was cool enough to say yes. And her and Hiroyuki, funny enough, um, she's from, her family's from Osaka. And Hiroyuki knows quite a bit about the Osaka accent and all that stuff. And they really bonded just in, in life. And they make a great, I mean, I always wanted a father-daughter team. Like this pairing had been in my head for years. Really? And I really wanted to bring it to, to fruition. I mean, talk about like the silhouette of Keanu. Just like you don't, we were talking before about not needing yeah. dialogue. Like there's no more iconic silhouette of an actor, I think. Yeah, I, I just, with the, the messy hair and the neon noir on the background, all the neon, like that, that shot and the shot of Akira looking over her shoulder. Where I'm a huge manga and anime guy. I, I there's probably not a day goes by that I don't look at one or the other and something about the cherry blossoms and yep. the neon that I wanted to bet like that shot was in my head and when I actually shot it we're like let's do another take let's do it Ken was like what are you doing I was like I just <laughs> I don't want to move on this is so cool I, don't, like, I just knew where it was going in the movie 
And then he did this. I think it was the third take that's in the movie. As soon as he did it, we just knew that just the way exactly the way he turned his head and cocked it and with the eyebrow, we're like, yeah, no, you're in. We're good. We got it. So you're challenging people to do their best. And then they come up with these great ideas. Like, how do we get more lights in? How do we move the light? How do we get the reflection in the glasses? Instead of a problem, we try to paint ourselves in the corner. Because you know if you solve the problem that no one else solved, you're going to get amazing. something yeah. cool. Like, I have no fucking idea how I'm going to do a car chase around a roundabout with 50 cars, dog, guys. I have no idea. But if, but you if figure we figure it out, it'll be cool. <laughs> right? And that's that's the paint yourself into a corner mentality of like, or the, the Marcus Aurelius, the obstacles, the way. Right. Embrace the problem. And if you get an answer, you're going to have a great answer. I love that Kane, of course, now like he's ready for battle. He's in, he's in the suit. It's almost like the well, flip of funny, John Wick again. I, I, I'm going to do it one more time because I always... <laughs> I had a very different vision of Kane, and it was a little bit more traditional Chinese yep. in its appearance. You know, it was an older, more Sifu-esque guy. Mm -hmm. Donnie, and I promised him I'd give him the credit on every time he did press. So here it is, Donnie, for you. Like, Donnie goes, I don't want to do that. I want to look cool. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I want to be the coolest looking guy. Like, Keanu's got the great suit. He's like, I want to be cooler. And I'm like, I want to be like Chow Young Fat in the cat. I'm like, fuck, that's an awesome idea. And I'm like, like Bruce Lee with the skinny tie. He's like, yeah, I want to be Bruce Lee and Chow Young Fat. I want to be cool. I want to be the coolest. Like, I'm John, like, well, it works the because they're the flip side. They're and like, I was like and I was yeah. ashamed. I was sitting on the Zoom call with him, going, "Fuck, that's a great idea." I didn't think, like so. Donnie, that was your idea. I give you credit. It's awesome. <laughs> I like to take. I'll take credit for your credit. Right. But like, it was a great idea. And like, Donnie is so fucking like. Literally, he's. I love the John Woo films with Chai Yun Fat. And I think you know, uh, Donnie nailed it. He's just fucking cool. You referenced, I think, in our last conversation, like yeah, that kind of Jackie Chan philosophy applying to that right? yeah that's yeah. exactly it and I, I i really believe in that i can't tell you and but, but believe me it's terrifying <laughs> you don't think there's a couple times when you, things aren't really working out for you like what if you there go, isn't a solution yeah <laughs> like believe me and it's happened like you're, you're seeing the finished movie what right. you're not seeing is a thousand feet of film on the floor <laughs> of stuff that didn't quite work out like chad's genius wasn't there that day you know so yeah like we have a lot of fails you know but at least you know I guess you get knocked down and you got to stand back up, right? Yeah. Ever try to get Jackie in one of these? Yes. I mean, uh, to be very, very honest, Jackie was the original choice I had for for Kane. But it was, again, it was a very, very different. And it, it just wasn't going to work. Oh, you were saying it was a bit of an older. Yeah, it was an older yeah. thing. And between Jackie's schedule, this was very early on. Yeah. And we and COVID had hit. And it just, I didn't have the script quite dialed in. And as the script evolved, it just... I, I would I kept forcing a kind of character that wasn't going to work in the movie so once you let go things and then we kind of walked away from it for a while and then when it was a re-envision thing it was like okay because originally Kane wasn't that active right. he was more like the tracker and the tracker it was a whole different kind of trilogy and then when we had come back and we knew what we wanted the trackers part had grown quite a bit and Kane was now a very action influenced person and it was more john's brother than a father figure it had totally kind of morphed well let me just give props to what we just watched which was <laughs> akira oh, on akira. top of a guy yeah, no, that, climbing the, stairs. The, the ice pick climb there oh my know. god um i i do enjoy a little bit of reality about how a small little woman can take down a monster of a man and i think she did a pretty good job of selling that i mean you just don't like you know you start with these choreography ideas and you try to build it. A lot of it happens on set. A lot of it happens in the gym. You try to prepare as much as you can. But uh, ideally, I think the best fight scenes or the best action scenes are, have a little bit of that organic nature on set. I mean, a lot of stunts you can't really mess with because there's timing, there's safety, there's all like the car stuff we try to be very precise with. But choreography, we try to, you know, if something's not working, we'll change it. Hiroyuki, you literally learned that little piece where he killed the three guys there like in five minutes. Because wow. we changed locations, we're running out of time, we had to do that. Whereas the first part of this fight here is fairly well choreographed what we had originally rehearsed. And then Keanu had been practicing so much with nunchucks coming up here. I was going to say. That he actually yeah. got better. When I, I hadn't seen him in a couple. And he actually got so good that we're like, oh, we got to re-choreograph this. I think this guy gets up like seven times or something. <laughs> like it's the his most story. abused yeah. stunt guy. In a, <laughs> one of our Japanese stunt members there, Nahiro. And I think we... Just stay down, man. It's yeah. okay. We just made him the pivot man, and we're just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Let's just go with this.
We'll see if anybody catches. Sometimes we do things just to see if we can do them. <laughs> I'm sure it's some that, of it's that Bill Burr quote. It's like sometimes you get to that age, you just yeah, fuck it, let's see, if, <laughs> let's see if it'll work, right? I would imagine some of your guys have been killed throughout all four films by now. Oh yeah, times. we have we have a couple of the 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 four timers one, and we <laughs> kind of went and got little tidbit. He had these shirts, the 20 and overs, the 15 and overs, the 10 and overs. And the <laughs> so if you died at least 10 times, you got a special T-shirt. You died 15 times, you had another one. Not to pick favorites, but he has to be like the actor that has just the most dedication, acumen in this. You know, he's, there's, there's some really good people out there that we've worked with. Keanu is, I mean, I've worked with him the most. And in my mind, mentally, he's superhuman. It's not that he doesn't feel the pain or the discomfort. He just somehow deals with it. And when you, when you yell action, he goes to a different space. And yeah. He's living for the project. But, you know, we've been very fortunate to work with some very, very, very excellent actors who have that kind of commitment. Well, he clearly just, like, enjoys the lifestyle, that go, like, the commitment that goes into the months yeah. and months of prep. That's... You, know, you know what they say is, like, it's not so much what you want. It's how much you're willing to suffer to get what you want. <laughs> You know, the, the question is if, you know, the real thing with, with suffering to suffering for your art or your life or what you're willing to go through to, to process, it's like he loves the process. Yeah. Like if, if, if you like standing, you, you know, if your dreams are mountainous, you better love to climb. And like, that's the quote I would say that defines Keanu. It's like, he loves the process. Like this guy is on set. He's not back in his trailer. He's on set right behind camera practicing for the next setup. He loves the process. He loves being on set. He loves picking lenses. He loves finding, designing the sets. He loves working and doing reads with other cast members. And I think that's why he's so successful is he likes the process. It's not just being on set, going back to Charlie, getting the paycheck and getting the kudos. Like he likes building the house. Rule of thumbs. If you yeah, see run a, from Donnie Yen. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, and I was going to say, just if you see a, some glass in a scene, a mirror or glass in a scene in John Wick, it's not yeah, going to survive too that's long. That's another fetish, apparently. <laughs> Museums reflect. I have a reflection fetish, I guess. But like, I love. I, I again, love fun the for your DP of, and your editor, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And all no, the... drives everybody else bullshit. <laughs> you know, I want kooky, you know, nanotech. Light exhibition, samurai museum, period piece, samurai armor, gunfight. What are you something. gonna What are you gonna do in Highlander? There was no neon or light or. Uh, yeah, we'll put it in. <laughs> It'll be in there. Don't you worry. I can't help myself. Hopefully, because I'm so slow in prep, like I don't want to put out a movie every three years. That like maybe no one will notice. <laughs> yeah, like well, this guy did the John Wicks. Oh, Why yeah, is there a got, disco in Highlander? Yeah, man, What's going like, on? They really there is too. Though. <laughs> Just a little spoiler there. Is there like a John Wick Bible that has grown just so you remember your own rules or is it so ingrained? I think of... it's pretty, it's pretty ingrained, but we're always open to new rules. Um, I like mythology. I like etiquette. I watched this you know, interview with, with John Ford about what he loved about the Westerns and how he made him a very American uh, part of cinema. And he's like, it's about ceremony. You know, he was very big into ceremony about you know whether it was the pledge of allegiance or the ceremony of a duel the ceremony of getting the badge of a shit and if you look at the samurai films it's all about ceremony pop and circumstance really right and etiquette this film more than any of the others even yeah. is about that yeah and that's what i really laid into like derek colston and i on the first one had a lot of talks with very similar grandfathers that were very big into etiquette about what spoon you ate with and it wasn't about class or or wealth it was about you know my grandfather would change like he changed into a, a, a casual jacket when he had guests over because he didn't want to feel make you feel underdressed or overdressed. Right. He always felt like you were doing everything just right. And my grandmother could talk your ear off or be the best listener you've ever seen. Same with my mom. Like she can make you feel like you're the most interesting person in the world or a complete idiot <laughs> with just one look. Um, and I think they learned that from my grandfather. Like Derek's grandfather was very much like that as well. Everything had a reason. Every toast had a reason and that's what i think he got the original idea of john wick from i mean you've spent the last decade kind of creating this your own mythology mm -hmm. and clearly you love things like lord of the rings i don't know if you're like a star wars guy yeah, etc totally. the first star wars the first two three stars so are you you must have also not to go on too far off a tangent but like been offered so many different opportunities and different someone else's sandbox has that been tough for you to say because thus far you've directed four john wick films mm -hmm. 
you've de developed a lot. Highlander hope, mm -hmm. hopefully will be next. Has it been hard to say no to things that properties that you no, actually it's always love? Like, look, I'm not going to lie to you. Even at, at the age I'm at now and having been in the business a while and, you know, you try to feel secure as a human being and who you are. I'm not going to tell you it's not an ego rush, even at, you know, my age now when someone, one of the bigger franchises comes and goes, hey, would you like to play? Now, of course, it's like, oh, somebody acknowledged me. Somebody likes me. Woo. Um, but to be honest, you know, I've been asked a lot about why do you do John Waste? Don't you want to try something else? And yeah. I just, yes, of course I do. But given the choices I've had and the, and the parameters that were presented to me as far as th those opportunities went, I felt I could do more and bring something more and do more of what I wanted genre-esque and, you know, do the fights and the, the anime and the action more my way by doing this. Um, why work within somebody else's parameters of what I feel to be a duel or the mythology when I can create one. And it's also like, look, it, it, it is a big ego dump when you're like, all right, do I think I can take them? <laughs> like, I do have, you know, I still have a little bit of a competitor mindset left in me going, no, that's cool. And I'm very flattered and you feel very honored. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I don't know, man, I want to take a swing. Yeah. I just want to, you, you, it's like Rocky, I got to know, was it your best? Like, <laughs> I want to know, like, I, I, I can't hide, like, no matter what you think of John Wick Ford, everybody out there, like, big swing, you, you always hear about <laughs> directors, well, the studio, the, this, I, I have to sell, the studio literally was my best, they gave me everything I want, they backed every decision, you know, money is always an issue, but I, I can't complain about what I had to make John Wick Ford, like, you know, I, other than a few little choices here, I'd say 96%, 97% of this movie is me. Right. So there's no shortcuts. There's no, oh, I didn't like it. Maybe, okay, we got hit with timeline with some VFX here and some of that there. But these are my choices. These are my things. And I don't know if too many other directors out there can That's say true. this is 97% my movie. Like there were no other cooks in the kitchen. This is, even with Keanu helping and the other writers, like it was still comes down to my decisions and they back me. And there's a lot of, a lot of other people in here, but it's because I believed in their vision as well. So I don't, you know, I'll take credit for everybody's decision, but like, um, but there's nowhere to hide. Like this is, this is, you know, it's like Aaron, your soul. This is me. This is what I love. These are my choices. I'll yeah. stand by them. And you so found I a way to pour it. a lot of different loves into this this vessel. Exactly. And I don't think I would have gotten that opportunity with anybody else's. Like, do I think I would love... Yeah, I, I can picture being on a Batman set going, oh, I'm making Batman and put your steel on it. But I didn't come up with Batman. Right. I didn't come up with the rules of DC. I didn't come up with how the Flash moves. I didn't come up with what are Wolverine's healing things. Um, so, you know, and I'm saying that, like, I, you know... There is like if Chad I could take the Helsky says no to yeah, Wolverine. No, that's that's what just happened. No, I mean back, you know, if I could ever have worked with Hugh Jackman on Wolverine, I would I've been over the moon. Yeah. You know, that caveat being saying, yeah, you know, like you know, and I'm I'm proud to say like I, I would you know, I'm very happy to do uh, like there's a reason I'm attached to the stuff I am. To yeah. create a world with Michael B. Jordan on Rainbow Six, to create the world of Highlander, to create the world of Ghost of Tsushima, where they are other people's probably somebody else's it's come from an IP. But I think I have the take or the vision that would make me really happy. You know, that being said, I, you know, of all the things out there, I take a swing at Blade in a second. I was going to say, yeah. that, that was actually one of the like ones I wrote down. That's one that gets under my skin. Like, <laughs> ah, I take a swing at that one. Yeah. Did you get in the room? Did you even have a meeting? I, I Look, I've worked for Marvel a bunch and they've been very, very good to me. They've been very, sort of like Kevin Feige has been very, he's almost been a bit of a mentor in, in, a, in a capacity of advice that, you know, he was, he was very happy to give me about how to how to open up a franchise with John Wick. Um, we've talked about it, but like, look, they've got a very, I think they've got a good formula. They have a system. Yeah, yeah, they have their thing and going, and I think they've got the right people involved in Blade now. Or, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not in the inner circle, but like, right. we, we've had talks, it just, you know, for whatever reason, things come together for, and there's a good fit for, you know. Yeah. But I think they for what they're doing, they've got a great, they've got a great thing going. But if that thing doesn't work out in five years from now, it doesn't, I'd still be like, yeah. How many Spider-Man reboots have there been in the last exactly. 15 years? So maybe on the fourth reboot Blade, Blade Reborn reboot coming 2029, which that's the yeah. Hellski. Like, you know, maybe I can pull back Wesley and jump back. Um, but that's all, that's just, that's, you know, everybody's got their thing, right? You're yeah. either a star, like I'm a Star Wars guy too. Like the first Star Wars changed my life. Of course. So. Maybe someday out there, Disney, if you're listening. <laughs> 
Give him a hit, free hit reign. Me, hit, me, hit me in a couple years, and I have a couple takes for Star Wars. Do you have your idea or two? I do, yeah. Oh I, I, I take a swing at that. I challenge <laughs> you. I take a swing. See, see, if, see if Disney could survive me. Do it. Kathy Kennedy, listen up. So we're on a subway. This makes me think of good old um, Cassian Common. Is he still out there? Yeah, something. I, I got a subway. Fit. Yeah, Cassian's still. I see uh, people think Common didn't. I, I think Cassian's still out there. I think Cassian <laughs> pulled it out. Literally pulled it out and, and, and made it. So, you know, um, we're currently trying to develop a, a, a John Wick TV series. And Lionsgate has been very cool about backing us. You know, we just started getting into the, the nitty gritty of it when the, the strikes all happened. So, so wait, not the, you're saying not the Continental? Not the uh, Very little to do with the Continental. That was something done before we had finished oh, John Wick 4. Okay. And, uh, Ken and I were consulted a little bit, but that's a, that's a completely it. separate energy from our, our deal. But we'd like to do the John Wick deal. And so hopefully maybe in this uh, this TV series, we can bring back some of the people we love, to your point. So wait, who's your protagonist in the John Wick series? Uh, it's going to be fun to watch, isn't it? <laughs> Someone we've met before? Again, going to be great to watch. <laughs> Something to look forward to oh, next year man. or the year after. Or the year after <laughs> if Hollywood can get their shit together. Not a doctor. Um, when but... you get spare time, you should get somebody to translate all the Latin on the steps. Oh, okay. No, no, I haven't had any interview or podcast do it yet. Oh, okay. We're going to go back to the tape. So if you can, yeah, okay. run back the tape and you can have that as a spinoff. All right. I throw it out there because it's been a couple months. Now it's fair game. Like, so I'm throwing it to you, Josh. <laughs> okay, thank you. Our exclusive. Don't want to leave anything on the table I for this podcast. <laughs> have you ever talk seriously there was kind of like the rumors and a choking or not about like Shirley's Theron I, I remember when Atomic mm -hmm. Blonde when David directed yeah that. no I it, believe me I, I think if if Charlize would ever grace a John Wick set Keanu and I would both be pretty stoked they're they're uh, from what I understand Charlize and Keanu are pretty good friends right. and I've managed to work with her a little bit and I'm a big huge fan of her work ethic so. oh my god the physicality of what she yeah. did in atomic and mad max and like, you know she's, she's just... you know she just finished old guard too like she's still right. she's still going man she's not scared do you ever ever think of like the alternate life that you'd be living had john wick not happened and you went back to second well, unit and I, I would stunts? think i'd either be a fairly mediocre action director or or super criminal um <laughs> I probably would have got caught at some point. I probably would have made a horrible prisoner. So the option was probably stay with second unit directing. But were you getting frustrated? Were you like kind of like hitting a wall? I, not frustrated. Look, I, I really loved being an action director. It just, I, again, without sounding like you, I've always brought up, I've always been brought up or whatever competitive endeavor I've been in. You want to know. Like when you when you first start like any kind of combative or martial art competing, whether it's judo, wrestling, jujitsu, kickboxing, whatever. Like you go through these stages of, of training. Like at first when you're kind of an amateur or and when, I, when I mean amateur, I don't mean in status, but in, in a mindset, you, you force yourself to hate the other guy. I'm going to kill this guy. And that's very shallow thinking. And then you get to the point where you respect the opponent and you realize it's man against man. It's like, who's, who's clever. And it's a chess game almost. And then you get to the real point. And I was lucky to have coaches that kind of got me there. You realize, that other guy, he's just a mirror. You know, it's reflecting, like, can you hold your shit together? Can you control your own fear? Can you rise above? Win or lose the match, did you do better? Are you a better guy than you were yesterday? Like, if you keep carrying that, if you can get to that point, that's what it sounds. So you get to second unit, and, like, I'm, I'm happy doing my thing. Win or lose, doing, like, learning with all these great directors and getting through it. It's just, you want to challenge yourself more. Yeah. That's kind of where we went. If, if uh, Lana Lilly came to you and said, hey, you want to crack at a Matrix movie, would you mm -hmm. dare to uh, direct your own? Do you your know own? what? I. It would be an incredible compliment. And in the back of my head, you'd run, you'd run, you'd run the Matrix in your head. You'd go, okay, what, what would I do just as a test? But look, man, I, I've recently watched the first one again. It's near perfect, I would say. I just don't. You got to remember, that's out of somebody's head. That's Lana Lilly. Obviously, they have their influences, too. But to put that together in such a great way and have the pace and the momentum that movie has, like, I, I don't know, you know, I, I can only imagine they watch it and just go, they, they've got to have a little pride and just I realize so. how, how yeah. smart that movie is. There was a time there they had a Conan script. They're going to That was before Arnold became <laughs> governor of... Oh, it was like King yeah, Conan? Was, like it, it was going to be his... It was before he, he got his governorship. <sighs> so he was still in, that's when it was still a thing. Wow. And I read that script and it was awesome. Like the opening fight scene was he's fighting with a bedpan. 
It was an older Conan. It was awesome. It was. I, I don't think I've ever laughed so much when I read an action sequence. Oh, and this yeah, is the biggest fuck you yeah, shot in the great. movie. This is just fuck everybody else out there. I shot in the Louvre. You didn't. And I'm going to shoot the whole fucking thing. Wide pant. Keep, just keep the shot going as long as possible. Ian McShane and footsteps. And those are all the real paintings. And that is the actual red room in the Louvre. Amazing. And if you look at the f pictures, <laughs> the dialogue is completely made to be shot in front of those. Once we knew we could do it, we went back in there. Me and Mike Finch, the writer, went back in and wrote to the paintings. <laughs> So when you see the tigers behind him and the Jesus Christ and the crucifixion, the raft of Medusa and the, the cost of tyranny here, you, you kind of, you're like, okay, these guys are really on the nose. <laughs> it does seem like you've been very wise in like kind of keeping these budgets in line and the, the movies make money. It's kind of like you're, you're not overstepped. You're not, these aren't gratuitous well, shoots like that. I, are... I, I would like, like, I don't believe me. I'm not trying to save anybody money and I'm not trying to spend anybody's money. I just have, it's almost a chip on my shoulder because I came from a smaller budget world where like, you know, again, it's that challenge thing. It's my own, I guess, ridiculous ego going like, you know what? I've seen a lot of movies recently that are bragging these two, two fifty, three hundred million dollar. And they don't look that good. Yeah. The at least not, not that good. <laughs> proportionate to that, yeah. And you're looking at stuff going, okay, like I, I'm in the movie business and I, I know budgets better than most directors because of my second unit background and I have to budget my own stuff. And I'm like, all right, I, I would just, I need to ask, like, where did you spend, like, where did this money go? If it's not above the line to pay people, like, I don't know where you did it because it, yeah, like, what are you doing? Like, you're watching this every day. Like, why, why are there shadows across this face? Like, why aren't there better, like, what did you do for the set design? Like, where did you get this war? Like, why is there, why did you not get that shot? Like, so this is, the John Wicks are always kind of that me showing my, like this shot. It's like, fuck you, I'm in the Louvre. That's the Wrath of Medusa. You know, like, and I tell you what, I was in five countries and I shot a hundred days and I did it for way less than you did that for. So I guess it's, you know, my little yell back at Hollywood going like, you know. Doesn't have to be this way. Know, we can. Giving a shit matters. <laughs> yeah. Like, give a shit. Yeah. And if you get, like, look. You can argue with my my producer, my line producer in the studio about what we actually spent and and why we did what we did. You know, like, look, it, it's always going to be. I spent more than they wanted me to spend, but I spent a hell of a lot less than most other people. And when you can get shots like that, just through perseverance and prep and just knowing what you want, then is there ever really excuse for some of the? And I hate to say it, but there's some lower quality things out there with bigger price tags. You're probably like I know you're asked a lot about it's kind of like the state of like action and film, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But it does strike me it's like I guess we've we've talked around it in a few different ways. But like it, there's so few that do it well. <laughs> it's like I don't well, know if, if it, it comes down to it, it comes down to a a, a base root a, a denominator. Mm -hmm. You can have a great filmmaker. You can have a great stunt team. You can have a great editor. You can have a great set piece. You can have a great concept, but you're still missing the point the guy <laughs> or the girl like it's your cast member so if you don't have if you didn't spend your time in prep getting you can spend your time doing everything else but you have to look at it like a complete formula like if you have Jackie Chan and you have his stunt team you have options that no one else has right if I have Keanu Reeves and my stunt team in my lounge no like you know what it's not that I've been in action more than most people it's just I understand the problems like I know what's important. Like people have more money than we do, so how do we do it? Well, I know the problem. I have to if I don't have Keanu committing to five months of learning the skills, that doesn't just buy me cool moves from him. It buys me options. It buys me editorial. It buys me like time so I don't have to slow down. It buys me the time. I and people think stunt guys are just stunt guys and choreographers are just chore. They are not. There's very, very, very few choreographers in the industry that I would say are real choreographers. There are people that put moves together. But I don't think there's full-blown martial art choreographers out there. Not many outside of Asia and very few in the States. You know, and if you find the right people and you know which people to search for, you will get good action. The problem is people don't know, one, what you can have, and they don't know what exists already. Right. They don't know the problem. So if you don't know that there's an option to turn left, you're going to keep driving straight. Now, you have all the good. No one sets out to do, hey, guess what, Josh? Let's do shitty action today. They all want to do great action. They just don't know how. 
And unfortunately, some line producer or some producer or studio exec was, hey man, I know a guy that did this. He did the fight scene over on this, on you know this superhero movie. And so they bring the guy and they did no research. And then you got your director. Now a lot of directors go, well, I'm not going to direct the action anyways. We're going to get the second unit guy to do that. As soon as I hear that, I'm like, so let me get this straight. You wanted to be a director your whole life and you're going to let somebody else direct your movie. Like, look, man, what I do is not rocket science. If you look at the John Wick, like it's a dolly, it's a steady cam, it's a move, it's a cut on the half beat. Okay, like you could dissect this movie and get my style down in an hour. Okay, so how hard was that? And like I had to figure it out with VCR and VCR. You guys got iPhones. <laughs> What's your excuse? You can make a whole movie. You can re-edit this entire film on your iPhone and find out exactly when the punch looks good or why I do throws instead of punches and kicks because I don't have to do the reverses or how to do things. Like it's super easy. You could go get any Jackie Chan movie and reverse engineer it out, man. So my point is, if you wanna, if you're a director and you want to shoot a movie with action in it, go learn how to shoot at it. It's not that hard. Yeah. Go get your iPhone, get a couple friends in the gym, and just put the camera. Oh, that looks like shit. That looks like shit. Oh, that looks good. Oh, let's try this. Let's try this. And then go. Well, I want it to look like Crouching Tiger. Okay, so what's wire work? I don't know. Type in Tai Chi Master, Young Wu Ping. Okay, where's it? Like we have YouTube now, dude. There's nothing you can type in on YouTube that you can't find. Behind the scenes, Crouching Tiger. Behind the scenes, John Wick. Watch it happen. And within two phone calls to any agency, you can find anybody. <laughs> like just call me up and go, Hey, man, I, I'm doing this movie. How do how do I do it? Same way I did. And you come down, and we show you. It's not that hard. It's about effort. Figure out what what you want to do. Figure out how to do it. And like, look, crack the code. Action is no different than blocking. Speaking of blocking, we should talk about the, the scene because... Uh, it's my favorite scene in the movie. I mean, yeah. this is kind of like your... I've heard you mention heat. This is kind of like your heat. It, I wish I bit. wish it was that, but I'll, 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 let me be modest and go, look, I, I just think it's emotional. It's my two favorite guys, you know, in the, in the franchise, the two brothers that are trying to come to terms with what it is. And Keanu's so cool. Like, we always have these existential talks about, you know, what's next, the life after, whatever like that. And... Keanu's probably got the most, and this is really his opinion. It's like, you know what? No matter what the arguments are for afterlife or religion, the truth is we don't know. But doesn't mean you can't you can't cover your bases, you know. <laughs> so like, you just have to accept you might be wrong, and that always chokes me up when I hear, like, because I know it's coming from his heart, and I know he's lost people. Yeah. And again, when you have Keanu Reeves, you have an, a built-in empathy. Yeah. Um, still remember the first time we shot when his wife Helen died in the first movie, it was Keanu would come up to Dave and I was like, look, I'm gonna go to a place, don't cut. It's gonna get a little weird, but don't cut. And again, um, not to bring up personal stuff with him, but he had gone through a loss years before and he kind of brought it up and right. you see inside somebody. And ever since I've respected him hugely about, you know, how he deals with bringing things into into the profession and and, from his personal life and you're just like uh and you can tell like whenever he's doing this helen thing it's from a personal place so I, I don't know i have an important question i've been meaning to ask mm -hmm. where are the police in the john wick universe uh, no, they're, they're not here <laughs> the funny thing is <laughs> uh, yeah let me has without, the cop ever shown up well, too much into crazy house, thing. like in the early like, on look yeah. man we had no money on the first john wick <laughs> we got this guy steve wills right he was you know currently la swat and he came in to help train Kiana with tactical firearms and the, the what we now see is the John Wick style of all that. So Steve, we're sitting around the, the 8711 gym and this is way back in 2013 and Steve's telling us like, you know, what's bullshit about action movies? And uh, we're like, what's that, Steve? He's like, you know, cops. They always, you know, they always look like cops miss, like it swats a bunch of idiots and they... And we had gone shooting with them and they are not like they're amazing like amazing at what they do like you do not want to be a bad guy up against these guys right so we're like i tell you what steve if this movie's ever any success i promise you right now in my in my career of john wick in the john wick we will never kill a cop we will never make the cops look stupid just for your what you've done for us thank you so much because we couldn't really pay him and he really put his heart and soul into the first john wick so we figure it's a one-time deal. We're never going to work again. And John Wick goes big. So now I'm in this conundrum where I made a promise to a good friend. So I'm like, okay, 
I'm not going to fall for that trope, so we just... just instead, just, just don't even bother. Don't even... We have Jimmy the Cop, right. who's just doing his cameos, and and that's it. So um, we're going to get to the, the what you call it, the top shot? Yeah. And was that first conceived for this film? Had you ever toyed with doing something yeah, like that well, before? Yeah, well, we always toyed... Like, I wanted to... Like, I like top shots, like the Etch-A-Sketch shot, we used to call them. But I wanted to come up with a way to, to make it visually interesting. So remember, if you're looking down, you see the, you know, you see shitty carpet or something. Right. So we came up with this idea to, to change the floor and to have long muzzle flashes and to see the debris and to separate him from the guys so the audience could see something he didn't with the walls. So once you suspend disbelief and go, okay, I don't mind this breaking the fourth wall perspective, that's really what you had to get around, right? Are you okay with an unbelievable set piece, you know, and going into full video game mode here? Then yes, it becomes very interesting. I think so. All truly one shot, or are there are there stitches There's here? There's two stitches in here. If you'd like, I'll call them out. If yeah. you want me to <laughs> tell <laughs> you how to do to the you. magic trick, but no, we like look. I, I'm not a big oneer guy. I don't really, especially now with digital stitching. I just want it to be cool. Like if it feels like I'm bored, I'll cut. And that's when we we had much more of this. This this could this went on for another 45 seconds, <laughs> but we cut we cut out a back half of it. Like to me with the other mirrors on the ground and seeing him in the reflections and all that stuff. And now with the kitchen, with the escalation of a fire burn coming up here, like what the, you know, the stunt guys are doing, like, you know, ah, this guy, the flaming marshmallow, as we call him, he comes back on the other side. You know, like this, it, like there's always something new in each room. And that felt fun to me. So we kept it going and we used this one wall right here to stitch. So when he came over that, we stitched a little piece to allow for the fire guy to come back in. Got it. Because it was hard to keep the guy on fire that long. Sure. <laughs> so that's where we cut ourselves a break. And that guy a break. And this is where we felt like, okay, because we had done a four hallway piece, but it felt, okay, I'm getting a little repetitive now. And the editors kept screaming at me going, we're bored, we're bored, we're bored. So we cut to Shamir coming in, which gave me a way back out. And I was like, okay. Achievement unlocked. Check, yeah, check, check my <laughs> ego. I'll do it. And, you know. When one person, two people, three, when a hundred people tell you, you might want to cut out, like, you, you can. But we, we did try to do it as one. What you don't, when we're shooting this, there's a guy on a megaphone, our stunt choir, going, one, two. So he's counting, and on the count, everybody knows where to be on a certain number. So even though they, the stunt guys can't see Keanu, they know exactly where to be for camera. And this was a, you know, this was a two-week rehearsal just to get, we shot this whole thing, everything in this, in two and a half days. Oh, wow. Just... Because of all the because prep. of you all the prep already, we have yeah. done with the counts, like the metronome counting system, and where to put the camera. So, yeah, I mean that's the common denominator in everything you're talking about. All these sequences, it's the yeah, five it, months of prep that <laughs> it's fully admitting we don't know how to do it. Let's, but we got to get we got to roll up our sleeves and get into it. It's you can only talk about it for so long. You can only draw the the sketch of it so long. You you got to get in the gym. You got to set up the rehearsal hall, and you got to figure it out. And you're not gonna like the the first couple of days of rehearsal, you know. This this is epic. This this uh, <laughs> what you do with no like here. when what's coming up. I mean, this is can't like we've always had a joke like Keanu hates going upstairs. Like you know he's got knee injuries like me and just so when we saw this, <laughs> I pitched it to him. He's just like really. <laughs> you finally found something. He's to like make him not pause. really two hundred and twenty two. I'm like no, there, there's more. There's like two hundred forty. The part we're going up is two hundred twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> we can only get two hundred twenty in the shot. Yeah, but when me and Dan Lauston looked at this, we're like, yeah, we, we think there's a cool visual here. I mean, can and me and the Sun team were like, can we sustain this? It's not your first. Time? Time. It was the the sequence with Common in too, right? Has yeah, uh, we had the uh, stairs Spanish in Rome, which yeah, we thought was yeah. funny, and we thought that was just right enough. We'll never find another place like that. We found this place. We're like, okay. You must, yeah. At this point, talk about like be a part of the culture. John Wick tattoos, fan art. All it's of a little. It. We stay in our little bubble, right? So we're just in our little office or our gym and we do a thing. And then somewhere, it, it, you know, to me, it seems like overnight, all of a sudden John Wick was kind of a thing. And like, it's always weird. Like I, I was coming home last week from a scout over in Europe and you come out of the bathroom and, you know, you're on that overnight flight from London and you come out and really all of, all of the cabin is watching John Wick 4. <laughs> and I look to my line producer and she's laughing. I'm like, ah, this is weird because you still don't. You know, you don't know how far your your movie reaches, and then you see like everybody's watching. And you kind of you have this little smile, and you kind of sit down and go, "Is this? Did that just happen?" So we're we're coming towards the end for our friend, Mr. John Wick. So mm -hmm. we should sort of talk about the decision. Mm -hmm. um, this was from the from the get go. 
what you wanted to do, yet you yeah. did leave yourself open because the studio was a little worried, as I understand it. You know it. what? I, you, I, I, you know, I don't even want to hide behind that. It's like, Keanu and I have been trying to kill off John Wick since the second one. We just figured there's no way out for this guy. Like, if we really stay hard-boiled and we really stay with our fate and consequence, all our <laughs> mantra here, like, you can't, there's no happy ending. It's just, you wake up in the box and like, okay, as far as choice goes, you can't, that's it. You're stuck in this dilemma, but you can choose your, your, your way out. Like, that's it. But you're not getting out. So just get your head around it. You know, so we've been trying to figure it out. It's just, we finished number two and we didn't feel like we told all the story. We finished number three. And we're like, okay, that's the one we're done on number three. We're not doing a four. And Keanu and I were doing the, the press tour about four months after we finished John Wick 3 in Japan and we watched the movie again together and we're like, fuck, we didn't nail it. We didn't stick the landing. There's more to go. Like if we're going to go and we went back to Lionsgate and said, look, we want to end this on a, like John Wick's, whether John and John Wick or however you interpret the kill, John Wick, um, you know, John Wick dies. And the studio's like, well, to Joe Drake's, the, the, the head of Lionsgate, he was like, well, if you're going to do it, you got to go big. So you're going to have to make a whole movie around it. You're going to have to really tie it in. And you're like, okay, let us, let us give us a whack. And that's what kind of brought us back to do John Wick 4. The whole, the first idea, with the very first idea we had is John Wick has, we need closure. John Wick's going to go. He's going to get free. He's going to see the wife. And we're going to do it in a duel. And he's going to, he's going to save someone's life to do it. We knew that's, that's how we started writing the whole movie. That and the opening thing of hit him and Michael Ward board. Those are the first two ideas we ever had. Are you surprised it didn't get out? As I recall, it was not ruined prior to the movie coming out that he died at the end. No, I don't I don't think anybody really thought to dig that deep or yeah. anything like that. They're just, well, it's a franchise, it's an action thing. They're not gonna kill their lead, they're gonna keep going. And look, I this is the way Keanu I want. We didn't do it as this I call it the Shane ending, where you don't know confirm. That's how we saw it. Like that wasn't us trying to 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 you know uh give yourself an out or be yeah give it an out or or pacify a studio note or something like that we just saw it as kind of a cool way because to us i mean <laughs> yeah in my mind or keanu's mind like this whole thing is a fever dream from the first like john wick died in the first movie this is just a jacob's ladder <laughs> fever dream you know what i mean so you know did john die did john wick die is it a ruse to get the high table off his ass is it a chance for a fresh start is it you know, the fun thing is, like in any good book, you, like you decide. Yeah. Like, I, I, I've come as far as I can with you. Now it's your turn to see what you can take it. Does John go to heaven or hell? That's a good question, man. And that's something, I mean. Have you and Keanu discussed that one? Oh, yeah. We have great debates about it. And we're good at taking both sides. I could be heaven one day and hell the next. Like, you know, in our world, our, our overall thing is like, these are all bad people. They're just there's the good bad and the bad bad and the really bad and you know that's it's the bizarro world so you know we've had problems with that over the years of when we bring in other writers or other creatives like they're always trying to make him a good guy and i'm like yeah no if you really look the marquis the marquis right the marquis the one following the rules the marquis trying to get order the marquis like look this is a shit world but we need rules john's the 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 ass that keeps breaking the rules and fucking with shit and not always if you really think about it, that's what we wanted to punch through in this movie because of john hiroyuki sonata died because of john lance died like if john just followed the, like everybody he touches turns to shit and that's the truth john in all the movies never goes oops <laughs> my you bad know, like maybe my bad like you know winston <laughs> lost his hotel like everything's happening and john could have gone like you know the answer to all these problems to even John's problem is like, just give himself up. Hey man, eat a bullet and it's all good. But we just didn't want it to go that way. And I don't believe some people don't think like, like there, you can't just, you know, death can't be the only out. Right. You know, sometimes you have to keep messing up to you realize and take and like, finally in this movie, this is the first movie where John owns it, has authorship over his actions and goes, okay, you're absolutely right. And has to concoct a way to make, you know, you only get one death, so make it count. And he does it by manipulating the situation and killing his way to to a situation where he can give his life for Donnie. So what are the biggest ongoing or singular debates you've had with Keanu? You guys are so seem so in lockstep. What do you... Um, it seems that way. Like, we, we, we usually end up in lockstep, but we always come at it from different ideas. And, like, Keanu's very internal, which is a big help to me because I'm very visual and see it from the outside in. He's... 
and he's forced me over the years to really challenge and really like we've talked about backstories and really dive into what they're thinking. It's made me by far a better director than I ever would have been without working with somebody like Keanu. So that's great. Um, no, he comes out like he's like he, not a dark place, but he definitely comes at it from a very internal. Like it's not that I would or wouldn't do this as John Wick. It's like, would John Wick do this because of this? And he's done this. And like, and it's made you think like complexities. Like you can love a woman so entirely that you give your soul to her as he does with Helen here. And he's not going to get another love and he's going to do all this stuff because he's suffering, but then still realize that he's an asshole and, and be so flippant with how he shoots people. Like for all, you know, that the bad guys are just guys trying to make ends meet, you know, <laughs> just get through the day. Just got a job know? to do. The people that were in trouble weren't very happy with us for staying and, and doing all this stuff. And, you know, you're dealing with rain, weather, exhaustion. This is the end of the shoot. Um, but every scene that, or every setup that we did leading to this, you felt it. And we shot pretty much in order, so you saw where it was going. And you saw Keanu was playing it. And then the honesty that Donnie had. Like, they had, by that time, they had established a bit of a bond. And then, again, there was no music, obviously, on the day. But, like, I, I, I'm already kind of knowing where I want to go with it. And then Shamiri does this. And you have the dog going, oh. And you're like, ah. Okay. So by the time I wrapped this portion of it, and I still hadn't completed it, 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 it changed the way I knew I was going to kind of get it. And I knew it was the shot when Keanu goes down the steps coming up here and just falls over. Then I kind of knew, like, it hit me from behind the monitor. Like, oh, fuck. That's the end of 10 years of my life. <laughs> yeah. You know? And that's like, that's, you know? And you, you do have that existential moment of, like, I've known Keanu for 25 years and the guy's changed my life. Literally has changed my life. And he, I know the stories. I know what he's really, I've seen it. You know who the guy is, so it chokes you up, and you're like, "Oh wow!" And then all you can think about is like, "Did I mess this up, or did I do it justice?" You know. But I mean, Keanu and I often say, "Like, look, if if my life was a sum total of ten John Wicks, you know, that would be a life well spent." Were you relieved the audience went with us in the end? And after release, the reviews were great. I, the box office was great. It's. I guess on a personal note, yeah, like you, you don't, you know, like you're just human, right? Everybody wants to be liked. You, you want to be proven right. You like your ego, your dopamine, whatever. I think at the end of it, I know what people have suffered <laughs> for my, uh, my vision, and you just don't want to let them down. And you know, you talk tough in interviews, like the Wachowskis and this, and you know, Zack Snyder was an influence on all these people, and you want to know that, like, at the end of it. You know, hopefully if they watch it, if they ever see it, they go, okay, I made a difference in somebody else. And like, hopefully someday we're sitting down here and we're talking in a few years and somebody goes, yeah, I really like John Wicks and that's why I got into directing. Man, this is a blast. Uh, the, you really did. You you left it all out there on the screen and it, it the proof's in the pudding. The movie works. It's amazing. Congratulations. Thanks for Thanks. No, it's, indulging it's for these, the these three hours with me. And um, No, it's all good. Thanks for having the interest. I'm like, do you really want to watch it? Yeah, okay. I loved it, man. Thanks for the time. Uh, no, my pleasure. Thank you. Want more of me and Chad Stahelski talking all things John Wick Chapter 4? You can watch and listen to the entire commentary right now on patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. (laughs) 